Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. It's that time of year, Christmas. And for me, uh, it is my favorite time of the year. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. I love the family. But more than anything, I love the message of, of Christmas. It is the story of Jesus coming on the greatest rescue mission in all the world. This is Bert Harper along with our co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, and Christmas is always special at our house, but we're always sharing the Christmas story. We're always being thankful, but it is, it was and still is active in rescuing sinners. That's, that's what he came for, isn't it? Yeah, uh, God with us, that that message that truth that we can share with the world that that God sent his son uh one to to live the life uh that we could not live on our own um and then pay the pay the price that we could not pay and then raise to new life to to overcome death sin to give us that new life eternal life in him um and Christmas is all of that, you know, in in, in at one special time, um, and it's it's important to us as we celebrate Christmas that we remember why it was that Jesus came, and just celebrate the fact that He did He did come He did not leave us God did not leave us to deal with our sin and our mess and our brokenness on our own. Our mess. Yeah. We, we make a mess of it, don't we? We yes, do. We do. For, well, you know, most of the time people say, well, I want to read the Christmas story, and they'll turn to Luke, and I love it. Others might say, well, Matthew. Uh, but John has its own unique Christmas story. And in John chapter 1, I want to read these verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then verse 14, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, willing to be obedient to the Father, to be born of a virgin, live that life perfectly, and then go to the cross as a sacrifice and risen again on the third day. Uh, Nathan, it is good news that God would come to us. When we could not go to him, he came to us again. That's missional, isn't it? It is. The whole idea of uh, what we would say is incarnation, right? Um, The word becoming flesh and took up residence among us or dwelt among us. The, The Greek word actually can be translated tabernacled. (laughs) <laughs> among us, uh, when you think about in the Old Testament, God's presence uh, dwelling among His people uh, in the uh, in the tent and the Shekinah glory of God. Yeah. It reminds me of Jesus being uh, when He was baptized. The Father spoke, 
and the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, the Shekinah glory of God. And then at the transfiguration, you know, it wasn't <laughs> God, God, you know, uh, shining on Jesus. It was Jesus. I, I, I'm doing it in picturesque language, pulling the flesh back and let the glory be seen. And it was the glory of God. And that's why John 14, when it says, among us, and we beheld his glory. I, I kind of believe when John was writing this and penning these words, uh, the transfiguration came to mind, you know, the glory of God. And so we want the glory of God to be seen. Matter of fact, let's, let's go forward, uh, honestly, in the future events and talk about in Revelation. It talks about every tongue, every language, every people, every group. They're going to be praising God, his glory, his honor, his power unto Jesus, for he is worthy. That, honestly, ain't Christmas uh, that's what we ought to do. We just we we're really relishing in His glory, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. That future promise and that future reality that we will experience for those of us who who have, you know, followed Jesus as our Lord, as our King, and He's given us uh, salvation. You know, we'll be around that throne, <laughs> uh, praising praising God with with all the nations, and we'll be saying, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain." But it's because the Lamb came. He he. It's what we read here in John one that he he came. It's because of Christmas that we, we will have that reality in the future. Well, let's talk about this. Jesus came on purpose. Uh, you know, Rick Warren would write the book, "The Purpose Driven Life," the Purpose Driven Church, and it changed so many people's lives. I, I'm thankful for that. But Jesus, his life was purposeful. Everything about it. His, his, uh, the I would say the incarnation, even to the point of of Mary having the angel come to her and tell her that she would conceive of the Holy Spirit, and and that again on purpose, Jesus uh, with Mary going to see Elizabeth, and then John the Baptist leaping in his mother's womb at the very presence of Jesus, his purpose was real, and it was for. Uh, and let me just say this. I'll probably say it again and again. It was to save sinners. Yeah. And when we find that, let's talk about Ephesians 1.4. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Now, again, we're not getting involved in all the discussions of what all, everything apart that means, but it means that we were on his mind. We were on his heart. Have you heard that song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind? And that is so true. Jesus came, and honestly, Nathan, it was a ministry that was vital. There was God would have done some other way if it were possible. Jesus even prayed, "If there be any other way, let this cup or let this let this suffering pass from me." But there was no other way, was there? No, it was the way that that God had uh, had purposed, you know. And uh, what's you know that's. That's, I don't know the word, but um, it's it's good to know that um, even through that suffering, Jesus was accomplishing uh, God's purpose for him, and in God's purpose for Jesus uh, included us. I don't know if I'm saying that in a yeah, it, in it a, came, you know it came in a way that makes sense, but yeah. you know we 
we are an important part of God's purpose in the world, um, which also included, um, which is the crucial part of Jesus' death on the cross. Another place you find Christmas, and again, we're looking at it, the greatest rescue mission in all the world, is in the book of Hebrews. Now, you have to look at it, but it says God. By the way, Hebrews is the only book in the Bible that starts with God, you know, first word. And you read those first, it says God has spoken in the past. He has spoken through creation. He had spoken through the law. He had spoken through the prophets. But it says, finally, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. When God knew there was only one way, and he knew it in the beginning, that's what it says in Ephesians 1.4, he would send his son to be born of a virgin. And that is it. No, There was no other way. This was the mission that which he came. When you read the book of John, the gospel of John, you'll find out for this purpose I came into the world. And again and again, you'd find out him saying, my hour has not yet come. My time has come. But when you get over into chapter 12, the word changes. He said, the time has come. So in the fullness of time, Jesus came. It was a vital ministry. It was purposeful. It was for you and me. And and those of us that are saved, we've experienced that. For those that have not, and you may be listening by accident, I want to tell you, God loves you, and he has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is to know him and to make him known only through Christ. Well, Nathan, also, since it was the only way, Jesus voluntarily came to do this mission. He wasn't coerced. He came, and again, he said, I always do my Father's will. Yeah. That was his purpose. Yeah, he lived in perfect obedience to his Father, um, partly as a model for us and how we re- how we live in that relationship with God our Father, um, but also because he wanted to accomplish God's purpose. It was his desire to do that. He, Like you said, he wasn't uh, forced into it. Um, he laid down his life. No one took it from him. And so... Yeah, he he was um, purposeful um, in in accomplishing God's will in obedience, even to death on the cross. It was not an afterthought. That's the reason we started out with Ephesians one four. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world. God didn't hold up His hand, says, "Oh, what am I going to do?" No. He had already purposed within himself what he would do, and that purpose was Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, and to come to this earth, and he came to his own. Uh, That scripture says he came to his own, and his own received him not. He knew what he was coming to, and he came anyway. Uh, There's a lot of times when, if I've said it before, Nathan, if I'd known I was getting into this mess, I wouldn't have started this. Jesus knew what was waiting upon him. But the Bible says he he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, the joy of having his creation come to him overrode the pain of the cross, didn't it? Yeah, it absolutely did. And, you know, when, you know, when we have a purpose— um, for something, uh, we we set out to do something, accomplish a task. We have a picture, maybe in our minds, a vision of what the end result will look like, but we don't know. We hope it turns out, uh, but you know, especially when when I'm starting something, a project, a handyman project, or something like that, I just have a lot of hope, but I really don't know what it's going to end up like. My wife kind of knows. She 
<laughs> she's already kind of making ready for plan B, you know? Yeah, well, hey, I'm afraid like father, like son but, yeah, on that one. But yeah. Jesus knew. He did. And he, he knew the, the end result. He had that Revelation 7 picture. I mean, mm. it's, you know, in God, it's already happened. Yeah. And uh, we have to live through it to get there, but but that was God's purpose. I I want to say John the Baptist picked up on this uh, pretty early in his ministry because he was talking about Jesus. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. And what Jesus did, uh, again, he did not have to decrease himself. But like I said in John 6, 38 that we've already referred to, I came not to do my will. I came to do the will of my Father. And that's where we're called. We're on mission. We're to do the will of the Father. The Bible says, Nathan, we've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our bodies. It's not all about us. And again, isn't that what the temptations were all about when Jesus was being tempted to do it a different way, you know? And the church today is is tempted to do it a different way too. Let me go over this, and then we want to bring it back to us today. First, there was the temptation of turning the stones into bread. Uh, some people want the church just to be a bread business. Mm. You know, they only want to be fed. Then temptation number two was, was him, uh, you know, bowing down and worshiping him. You know, who has authority? Who has control? We call that political business, you know? And then the temptation number three, jump off the pinnacle of the temple and show everybody who you are. That's show business. Now, again, that that's just me adding those words at the end. But it was all about Jesus. How are you going to accomplish the will of God? Are you going to do it God's way or are you going to do it a different way? Yeah. Are you going to avoid that suffering of the cross um, or are you going to be obedient, fully obedient to the Father? And the church, uh, there's a sermon. I cannot remember the guy who preached it, but I loved it. The church is is with these th- same temptations that the church just be about bread, you know, and not giving the message of Christ, you know, just being a, a, a aid to the poor. Yeah, we need to sh- feed the poor. We need to help them. But what? With purpose. And that purpose is the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. It's... Uh... Not by bread alone, you know. It's it's bread included, but it's the words of God that that are ultimately needed uh, to live the life that God has called us to. Yeah, and so what we want you to do as a as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, uh, make sure your purpose is to glorify the Lord. Let Him be heard and share the good news. Yeah, you want to help people, you want to strengthen them, but you want to do it, and you do it God's way. Uh, he, he could not be persuaded. Jesus could not be persuaded to be do it a different way. I've, came, I've come to do the will of my Father. Now, Nathan, I want to ask you, that takes some purpose, just like Daniel. Early on, when he was taken into captivity, he purposed in his heart that he would not give in to the temptation of all the king's delicacies, what the king drank, what, what they fed, now, he had to eat, he had to do that, but he said, that's not going to persuade me to go a different way. I'm purposing in my heart to do the will of the Father. Things hadn't changed for Daniel and Jesus came to do. We yeah. need to have that kind of 
of same determination at Christmas time. We we're we're looking at all God has given to us, and we need to purpose in our heart that we're going to do the will of the Father. Yeah, like like Daniel purposing in his heart, Jesus setting his face toward Jerusalem. Um, we have to, you know, you have to. Uh, you don't accidentally get on purpose. You know what I mean. You, <laughs> You don't discover your purpose accidentally. You have to set out for it. You have to resolve to do that. You have to surrender to it, um, and then the commitment can come. And the earlier someone does that, I would think probably the better better yeah, it is. Yeah, before the temptations are there. Yeah, purpose yeah. in your heart. That way you're ready for the lion's den. Uh, you're ready like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego for the fiery furnace. So you have to prepare for those things. And Jesus came for a purpose, and that was to save sinners. Here it is in Luke 19.10. He came to seek and save those who are lost. In Matthew 9.13, he came to call the unrighteous to repentance. Jesus came for that purpose. Uh, now, his uh, some of his disciples, especially one, Simon the Zealot, I think, uh, and Judas Iscariot, those two more than any others, uh, they wanted. They they came to follow Jesus. Uh, Simon the Zealot was one that was ready to overthrow the Roman government, mm-hmm. and then Judas Iscariot. Obviously, he came with some financial rewards in mind, you know. And so the whole idea: Jesus came, and he came to save the lost. It wasn't for necessarily having life being easier for followers of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at the Old Testament, the New Testament, and we look at the mission movement of God around the world, there have been some people who have paid severely for being on mission to God. William Carey going to India, what a price he would pay. Uh, There's there so many of them. Those prices are really real today that we have brothers and sisters all over the world that are suffering because they're following Christ. And on this Christmas weekend, when we're enjoying all the benefits of it, of freedom, and we thank God for that, we have brothers and sisters that are paying the ultimate price by following Christ. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's important to remember uh, them um, as we celebrate with our immediate family and close friends around us. Um, let's not forget those who maybe don't even have the opportunity to celebrate uh, Christmas in the same way. Uh, can be celebrated in in each individual's heart, um, but we we need to remember them, pray for them, those that are going through persecution, um, because they really they're a model of what Jesus did. They they have set their face, they have uh, purposed in their heart to be obedient to God's call in their life and to live out that purpose He has for them, regardless of the cost. And um, Christmas. Think about this. Christmas came at great cost, right? Uh, whatever presents and gifts that were given, there's some cost to it. Some some are greater than others. You know, I've not been the, I've not been blessed. I guess if you want to use that word in in the in the way to like they you see on the commercials when you wake up on Christmas morning and you go outside and you look in the in the driveway and there's a <laughs> red bow and ribbon wrapped around this brand you new car. You mean your parents didn't do that no, for you, huh? No. Um and you know, I don't know how realistic that really is, but um yeah, there's any gift if it's a true gift comes at great cost. Um 
several of our brothers and sisters in Christ are paying great prices to give the gift of worship, to give the gift of witness, to give the gift of a life lived uh, in obedience to Christ. And so uh, let's remember them as we're celebrating, not to put a damper on it, but just a realistic picture of of the great cost it, it does require to follow Jesus. Right now in Nigeria, man, great persecution. North Korea, great persecution. In India, it has stepped up. So uh, on this Christmas weekend that we're broadcasting this, uh, keep those in mind, praying for them. They're so glad. But you were talking about the believers that are being persecuted. Someone that I met years ago, Joseph Son, who was from Romania, and he was exiled from Romania while it was still under communist rule, and he came to America. They didn't want to kill him or imprison him. He would become a martyr and become effective that way. So he he came to America, and we got the privilege of hearing him and knowing him. I'll never forget some of the things he said, but one of them was this, to live the real Christian life, the real one, it's easier to re- live the real Christian life under persecution than it is under prosperity. And that I've never gotten over that. America, we've been prosperous in so many ways. The church, we get lazy a little bit. And so on this Christmas weekend, it's time for us to, quote, wake up and see we need to share Christ in the freedom that we have. We've talked about that quite a bit. Missions works best in freedom. Now, we have... History will show you that the gospel works under all conditions. The book of Acts, we've we've studied that yes. two or three times because that's one of my favorite subjects. You know that. But the gospel works under all circumstances. But missions have always worked best in freedom. And so that's one of the reasons AFR exists. Yes, we're here. We're sharing the gospel, but we're standing hopefully for the privilege of the freedom of speech here in our country, because if it's taken down, what happens around the world, because America has been the greatest uh, nation in sending missionaries, numbers, it's been amazing. With that in mind, I want to talk about one more thing before we our time goes, and that's Operation Christmas Child with a shoebox. And what, what an opportunity that is. We've had that, and we've talked about it here on AFR and the, the greatest journey. But the opportunities at Christmas time for us to be involved in missional opportunities are real, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And um, we can share in that purpose um, of Christmas in a in a real in a real way that is, um, I guess, more open for people to hear. People are more um, available uh, around Christmas time. People have some natural curiosity about. Um, what's what's the real message of Christmas? Because most was people, what Charlie can, Brown was yeah, on the I mean, movie. Charlie you can, Brown. You can what? see yeah. beyond the uh, materialism and the and the glitz and the you know all that stuff can be can be fun and interesting. But there's there's deeper meaning and and most people can even uh, pick up on that. You know, and so there's ample opportunity for the church to uh, provide witness uh, around Christmas time um, using Christmas as a platform to uh, share the purposes of, of Jesus in the world. I'm reminiscing just a little bit when I was pastoring uh, here in Tupelo, Mississippi, at church at West Jackson Street. 
uh, musicals at Christmas was a big, big thing. They're not, it seems like they've toned down quite a bit. But Nathan, I remember having a vision. I loved the Andy Griffith show. So I could just envision having what I would call a Mayberry Christmas and present the gospel. And we did that for five years in a row. And we had people come to church during that period of time to hear the gospel. It was presented challenging. It was not it was not soft. It was the real deal. And we had people <clears throat> get saved during that presentation because people said, I'll, I'll go to that, you know? Yeah. So at Christmas time, you just said it. The opportunities are there, and we need to make something of it. And that's when a lot of, like, Southern Baptist Convention that we're both a part of, uh, we have what is called the Lottie Moon Christmas offering during this time when the money comes in. And all of that money goes to mission efforts around the world. And that what an opportunity it is at Christmas to share the good news of Christ, especially in the Western civilization, but not just there. And others will say, what are you making? You know, they don't know that much, but it's about Christ. And so on this Christmas 2022, we need to have a purpose for Christmas, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we 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 just need to see Christmas as a good reminder of God's purposes in the world, God's purposes in our life, and how we can live a life on purpose and on mission. Um, you know, we don't have to wait to New Year's. You can you can start now, right? <laughs> Amen. That's that's a good thought. And so we're asking you as an individual, maybe as a family, uh, you, you may be hearing this by podcast after Christmas has already passed. But guess what? It'll give you a reminder of what you can do in 2023. And uh, because we're talking about what you do purposefully is what you've predetermined. This is what we will do. Jesus, I want to go back to where we started. It's in Ephesians 1, 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Christmas, the incarnation, the reality of Christ being born of a virgin was already in the heart and the mind of God before it happened. He didn't say, oh, what am I going to do? He already knew what he would do. And he would send his only begotten son. That word begotten, it's translated in the King James Version, and most of us may have memorized it by that. It's hard to put in the English language. They say unique, but he's the only one of his kind. There's no one like Jesus. And so I would say that to anybody who's listening. The greatest gift that you could ever receive is Jesus Christ, his Savior. He has paid the price, and now would you receive it? You do that by saying, oh, God, I am a sinner. I'm lost. There's nothing that I can offer you that would make me worthy to receive your salvation. But I know Jesus went to the cross. I know that he died and was raised again. And today, I ask him to be Lord of my life. If you've never done that, I pray that you would do it. That's the greatest thing you could do this Christmas season. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you want to have a merry or a happy Christmas, uh, remember the meaning and the purpose of Christmas. And then share that as part of your purpose in your life. Share the good news of Jesus with those around you. You mean Jesus is the reason for the season? That's right. Amen. That's more than a slogan. It's true. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.